Welcome back to another episode of Pod on You Loons. This is Sam. Pod on You Loons. This is James. Welcome back. Welcome back, indeed. Just the two of us tonight, James. Yep. Just the two of us. Justin's really busy. Actually, again, just, Justin does sing that song anytime you can't make it. He will sing the Just the Two of Us song. Yeah. You know, there's, there's never been just a Justin and me. No. No. Nope, not yet. Probably in August. I think that that time is coming. Probably in August when the baby's coming around. I bet there's a JJ, a JJ session, Justin and James. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good, man. But hey, yeah, just two of us. He, he's a busy guy. You know, he does. He doesn't always have time for us. Nah. Well, I, I mean, he's in he's in grad school right now. I, I remember those days. Anyway, James, you were just on my other podcast, the Pub Trivia Group. Yep. That was good times. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Questioning my Australia knowledge. Yeah. So I have that trivia podcast. It's just a quick, like, 15-minute podcast. And I realized almost half of my listenership was coming out of Australia. So I did an entirely Australia-themed show. And I was like, eh, might as well invite on James to give me some credibility so I don't have all my... Half my fan base going, ah, oh, this stupid Yank. I think I did all right. I think I did possible. Do Aussies call us Yanks too? Yeah. 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 Is it like derogatory or is it like a term of endearment? Or you just, well, yeah. it depends what <laughs> year it is, I guess, but <laughs> it can be both. Because <laughs> we, we say Aussies or... That that's about it. But yeah. it's as a term of endearment, I don't think. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think you know sometimes it's a term of endearment, and sometimes it's definitely <laughs> not. I think it just depends when it is. What about the kiwis? Is is kiwi generally a term of endearment, or is that derogatory? No, that's generally endearment. Like the yeah. two countries are very close, you know, and especially given that they're now in their COVID bubble. So both countries are now in the same bubble. So you can travel kind of quarantine free. Yeah, those countries are very close. So it's always endearment there. Unless it's sports, obviously. <laughs> and then there's, there's zero endearment at all. Is there ever a joke like in Australia, like, why don't we just take New Zealand? Does that ever come up in conversation at the pub? Yeah, I mean, there was... Uh, there was a TV show that dealt with like advertising and marketing and kind of like breaking it down and, and kind of like understanding how like companies market and do advertising and always had this section where people would have to make up an ad, like two marketing companies would make up an ad. And one of them was like how invadable New Zealand was. <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, it's also written in the Constitution of Australia that New Zealand can become like a state of Australia. Oh. If it ever wanted to. Okay. Imagine that rugby team, though. Is it ever written into the Constitution of Australia that Minnesota can become a state if it wanted to? No. <laughs> no. We wish it would be, though. We keep trying to get people from Wisconsin and Minnesota to move to Europe so, you know, they don't have to live there. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying. We're trying. Well, hey, James. Good to have you here. We miss Justin tonight. It is our big 5-0. This is our 50th episode. 
us and yeah. Ramon Matinere. Ramon Matinere made his 50th <laughs> cap and we have our 50th episode tonight. Thank you for everyone that's joining in. Thank you for those of you who have been around forever from the start. Not quite sure how many of our current listeners were there from the start, but we appreciate we, all of you. Yeah. James, you were one of the original listeners. Yeah, I remember. Pilot yeah. episode one. You had a pilot so long it was two episodes. Who does a two two episode pilot? I, I think it was more just I was new to editing and I wasn't very <laughs> efficient at it. And I was just like, I am sick of doing this. I'm just going to send out this part right now and I'll get the rest later. That's <laughs> honestly what it was. I remember. Do you remember you were in the same room? You used the same microphone, right? We did, yeah. Yeah. Man, that's old school right there. Imagine those days where you could meet people. Well, I've now seen Justin twice. Yeah. Um, You you get to go back to those days. I do not. (laughs) I am going to the office this Friday, though. So that'll be the first time in uh, nine months. Nice. Wow. Yeah, my uh, my wife just went back to the office for the first time today. She's now basically her entire uh, staff is split in half. So she has this week and then next week she's back at home and then she'll return the following week. Yeah. Week on, week off. So, well, Matt, should we get into it? Should we talk some news? I, I mean, we can. We Let's... We can. <laughs> I mean, let's. Yeah, I mean, we got we got some exciting news. Yeah, um, there really is. There really is. Well, well, let's let's start with the person that we definitely have signed, Adrian Hunu. Adrian Hunu. Adrian Hunu. Adrian. Yeah, we've signed him. It's great. We're waiting on visas and passports, as per and quarantine, the mandated MLS quarantine. So yeah, should be available either this week. Or next week. Well, we, and by this week, we mean... Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. Well, this yeah. week. Yeah, it's already... Yeah, this this week. <laughs> uh, I have oh. a, for, those, for those keeping track at home, that's the Colorado game, which yeah. is this week. Or Vancouver, which is next week. May 12th. Which, oh, May 12th, that's a midweek game. And it is, it is a holiday uh, in the community I work for. Uh, Eid. So happy Eid to anyone that celebrates or... Eid Mubarak to anyone that celebrates. So I have the day off and the and the following day off. So easy, easy. I mean, yeah. it's a national holiday in uh, the Netherlands on the Thursday as well. So, ooh, I'm I don't fine. know, James. We we gonna stay up, watch the game, do a podcast immediately after? Well, I mean, I don't have the day off because I work for the UK holidays. Oh, which that's is right. Why I, which is why I had today off, for example. Huh? So. A bank holiday, huh? Yep. You guys, you ever work over there? Ah, debatable. I mean, we have one at the end of this month as well. So, you know. It's... All right. So, yes, that's the good news. Adrian Hunu on his way. It's just a matter of visas and passports. Cool. Uh, Franco Fragapane. So, when Adrian Heath was talking about Adrian Hunu uh, to the Pioneer Press, his exact quote was, I would be really disappointed if they are not available for that game. Both of them. That quote implies a second person uh, is involved, and we're just assuming that that is Franco Fragapane based on how the conversation before that statement was going. Franco Fragapane 
not officially signed. He's still making appearances for his current team, Tayeres, uh, who has a congested schedule right now with the Copa Sudamerica until the end of May. So I really hope that Adrian Heath is right. He He's usually honest with us. He usually doesn't just, you know, blow smoke at us. So hopefully Franco Fragapane on his way. I mean, if you're to believe Twitter, he's going like everywhere but us. <laughs> sort of linked with Cincinnati, which was rubbish. And then... Was it Dallas as well? Someone mentioned? I don't know. But everyone's basically saying he's coming to us. So Yeah. There's no uh there's no issues there. We just yeah. gotta uh, yeah, we just gotta sign him. We have those local beat reporters that to us are are like uh Fabrizio how, how do you say his name? Fabrizio the the Twitter guy, the European Twitter guy that's always breaking the big signings in Europe. Fabrizio oh. Romano or yeah I think so I yeah I can't remember he's fun the guy that's always like here we go but our local beat reporters are just like him but for just our team once they <laughs> yeah. say it's happening I'm pretty sure it's happening yeah and the the third bit of news is uh Azeel Jackson Azeel Jackson Azeel yeah I, you know I'm not sure on that one Justin seemed to have that pretty good so you, you know, credit to Justin. Justin, a pot on you loons, is reporting that Azil Jackson uh, officially signed his contract with Minnesota United. Actually, so Justin was just checking the Minnesota United roster on MNUFC.com and noticed, noticed that he had a page. So that was how we figured it out. And then that hit Twitter a few hours after that. What were you going to say, James? Uh, I was going to say, yeah, we, uh, we uh, you know, don't, don't all of us just check. And uh, mnufc.com just profiles just uh, as a, as a standard side day. I just go back and forth between mnufc.com and podloons.weebly.com. Just yeah, seeing if anything's updated. <laughs> <laughs> just just waiting. But I mean, we you know we sent the Red Bulls uh, a third round draft pick for his rights. So is this is this like reverse Caden Clark? Did we? No, because we we went over this in the offseason. We have never once signed a third-round draft pick. In fact, we've only ever signed two second-round draft picks, and only one of them has ever uh, gotten any playing time, and that's Hassani Dotson. Uh, I don't even remember the other guy's name. It was in 2017. We did sign him, and he was with us for the year. I think he had a, like a French-sounding name, too. But So... <laughs> Second round draft picks aren't even that valuable. We got excited about our the kid from Georgetown this year. Who knows? Maybe I think we still have his rights. So maybe he ends up back in the fold at some point. But yeah, so sending a third round draft pick their way, whatever. They they gave us GAM, right? It's basically free. Like <laughs> Yeah. Sending a third round. Speaking of Caden Clark, did you see him absolutely banging that goal on the weekend? I hear he's having a good time. So he is having a good time. His dad's his dad's having a good time on Twitter too. So you guys still follow each other? I mean, I follow him. He <laughs> he doesn't follow me, but he likes my tweets. So there's yeah, I'm not sure that's the same. You're you're popular with the dads. What can I say? Yeah, it happens. There was that one time Ethan Finlay's dad liked one of my tweets, but <laughs> mostly it's just all the dads. Liking James's tweets. Yeah. I'm not sure how to feel about that, to be honest. 
<laughs> just go with it. Just go yeah, with it. Just roll with it. T Twitter's a weird place. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah. Let's go over the game. I know in the grand scheme of things, I think this is a pretty forgettable game and we will be happy to forget it. But let's talk about it. It's episode number 50. And this is what we got. So our lineup for the game. Dane St. Clair in the goal. Gasper, Juca Ritalia, Michael Boxall, and Ramon Metinair in defense. Our midfield was Ozzy Alonso and Will Trapp. Our attacking midfield was Hassani Dotson on the left, Reynoso in the center, Ethan Finlay out on the right, and then it was uh, Ramona Bila up top at striker. Four subs came on. Okay, four subs. Justin McMaster, Foster Langsdorf. Foster Langsdorf. Your boy. I know. I was so excited. Patrick Wea and Jan Gregush. One important note I would make, I think most of you listening know this at all, know this already, but quite a bit of injuries for only being three games into the season. Baki Debasi, out. Nico Hansen, out. Jacory Hayes, I didn't even realize he was hurt, out. Nabi Kimaguchi, again, out. Robin Lud, out. So with all that said, James, let me throw this at you. What were your thoughts on this lineup? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was I thought it was quite good. I was disappointed that uh, obviously Lod's injured. But, you know, we started Dodson, Finlay, Ray. Like I thought, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, missing Bakai Debassi is, is still huge. But yeah, I thought it was a solid lineup. Like that, it looks like a lineup that can win games. Yeah, I would agree. With the exception of maybe Juca Ritalia, all of yeah. those players on there, you could argue, are everyone's healthy. They're in our top 12 or 13 players on our roster. Dotson's a little out of position, but that's about it. Everyone else was playing within their position. So I got a question for you. Like, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Will Trap? Because honestly, watching that game... I don't actually remember him seeing do seeing him do much. I was a little bit surprised to see Will Trapp start instead of Jan Gregorsch. I was not surprised to see Ozzy start instead of one of them. No, I didn't either. And that really is because, you, you know, Ozzy is so defensive when he plays, right? Like, you see where Ozzy is lining up. You see where Ozzy is playing. He almost was like a center back. Yeah. Uh, in, in the previous years for us. And I kind of just assumed Will Trapp was going to, I know that he's a different kind of player than Ozzy, but I thought he was going to line up the same and, and he just hasn't been. He's been much further up the field, overlapping much more with Jan Gregish. So it does make a lot of sense to me that Ozzy is healthy. We need a win. It does make sense to me to give Ozzy the start and to bench one of those guys. I was a little bit surprised to see that, and, and we don't know, maybe Jan wasn't 100%. Maybe Will's been training out of his mind during training. I don't know. But I was a little bit surprised to see Will Will Trap get the nod ahead of Jan Gregish. And of course, Jan Gregish comes in later. But 
I do rate John Gregish a little bit higher than I rate Will Trapp. He's just been more consistent for much longer. So I was a little bit surprised at that move. Yeah, I mean, they were definitely talking about, you know, Aussie played 65, 66 minutes, which is a long time for Aussie to play. So I think it was good that, uh, yeah, he was out there. And I think when, you know, we subbed Greg Ushon and Aussie came off, I definitely think we we kind of looked more attacking. Like we looked like we were pushing forward more because obviously, you know, you have those kind of two midfielders who are pushing up rather than one who's a bit more defensive. Can you think of anyone you would have started out on the left wing ahead of Hassani Dotson? No, like the only person that comes to mind is Justin McMaster, but like Hassani just has way more talent. He knows the team, knows the system much better. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, sure. McMaster is good when he's there and man, he looks good. But like, you, yeah, you know, you start Hassani Dodson, you know? Yeah. And we'll, we'll touch on the subs a little bit later in the episode, but I am always a little bit cautious. You see these energetic young guys coming on late that are, you know, full of energy and running all over the field. And it's very easy to be like, whoa, yeah, give me, give me more of that. And uh, for the record, I am super psyched that Justin McMaster is now played in our first three games of the season. That is huge for me, right? Like we haven't seen that from a rookie since Asani Dotson. That is huge for me that he is getting that playing time, that he has earned that trust that quick. Uh, It's, it's just watching someone that's been uh, on on the bench play for the final, for the final uh, stages of the game, full of energy, want to prove that they belong out there. You can you can just see how their energy level coming on off the bench is going to stand out against everyone else that's already been running around for over an hour. I mean, he came on in the 58th minute. So he had a good half an hour. Yeah, he did. Came right, on man. the same time as my boy Foster Langsdorf. <laughs> We're going to get to that later. <laughs> what day is your jersey arrive? I <laughs> uh, haven't ordered one yet so man let, let's just start with this yeah what what happened what happened why are we why are we 0-3 yeah and this is something I talked about on Twitter as well it was a comment I made earlier in the week or last week actually it's like we're not if you look at how we play like we're the reason that it's frustrating and it's like just it's tough to watch is not because we're bad. Like we're not a bad team. There is clearly enough talent in that lineup that we should win games because it's not a huge amount different to what it was last year. And we were within, you know, a few minutes of making the MLS Cup final. The thing about it is we're just missing like that little, like the one percenters, like, you watch some of the passes and they go like just in front or they go just behind or it's like the crosses just go like, like they get headed by the defender, like who just gets there in time. You're just missing that 1% Ray hit the post, you know, Patrick way headed into the goalkeeper, you know, like there's, there's these little things where it's like, if you're, when you're on all of those things would kind of connect 
and then you suddenly have three goals and it'd be like just like we were last season. But because they're not connecting, like it's just missing out. That's the part that's frustrating. Like that's the reason why, you know, people are getting frustrated watching this team and we are zero three. It's like it's literally the one percenters. Like if if Ray and I mean Ray did not look himself at all in that game. But you know, when he's on point and he's making passes and everyone's kind of linking up properly, we look good. We're a good team. But because we're just missing by, you know, millimeters or centimeters, like we just we're just looking sluggish and we're not pulling it together. Yeah, and when we click, we'll click and it'll be fine. But I think we've got to find the kind of spark that helps us click and actually get there. So speaking of Reynoso, last year Reynoso, you once he arrived and once he got going, you could tell he was the best player on the field for us. Yeah. And pretty much in any game he was playing, he was the best player on the field for both teams. But even with Reynoso's talent that he was displaying, I never really felt like it was Reynoso by himself trying to make something happen. Right? There yeah. was always, right, Robin Lud had a fantastic, fantastic finish to his season uh, partnering up with Reynoso. Kevin Molino, right? Kevin Molino, Amazing. who's been on our team for a while, right? He's been on our team for a while. And four years into his Minnesota United tenure, he is looking like one of our, arguably one of our best players. <laughs> I guess what I'm asking you, James, is, is it the 1% that we're missing, the 1% that we're off, that's making it look like Reynoso isn't getting any help? Or are players that we normally are able to depend on just not stepping up. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's both. Like, I think if Ray has help, then I think it's fine. And I think we look a lot better. But also, I mean, have we have we had three different front fours in three games? Uh yeah, I mean I think so, right? Like we had Yeah. Dodson, Reynoso, Finlay with Lod up front for Seattle. Then we had Finlay, Reynoso, Lod, and Agadello up front for yep. Real Salt Lake. And now we had Dodson, Reynoso, Finlay, and Abila up front. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think that's part of it as well is that, you know, and it's always the same when you watch defenders. Like when you watch defenders who are like, two centre-backs and they're like the same two centre-backs for like the whole season. They have this amazing chemistry, but as soon as you have two different centre-backs, like it doesn't, doesn't click. Like it doesn't mesh for the first few games until they try to work out what the other one is good at. And maybe that's just what's happening here. Yeah. It's just like, I, I know Hassani Dotson's playing out of position and, but e- Ethan Finley is not. And Ethan Finlay is one of my favorite loons. He has been for the past three years. I love watching Ethan Finlay. He plays like Adrian Heath always says, play like how they would play if they were wearing the badge. And that's what he does. He runs all over the place. I love it. He's one of my favorite players. He's so dangerous on that counterattack. But like that, that's just not there. That's not there this year from him. It, at least it isn't yet. He is not in a good run of form right now. Striker, not that we've ever gotten anything out of our striker, but 
we haven't gotten anything <laughs> from our striker this year. I, I guess there was that give and go between Reynoso and Abila that almost resulted in Emmanuel Reynoso making the ESPN top 10, uh, which I don't, I don't even know if you know what that is, James, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's when sports center has the top 10 plays of just every sport. Yep. That almost was Reynoso almost made that for Minnesota United. If, like you said, if just 1% of that play would have been a little bit different, he would have been on there. But yeah, yeah, like besides that, we haven't gotten a lot out of our striker position in the past three games. Again, not that we did last year. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, and then Ray went and like almost broke some guy's nose in the crowd. Yeah. I, yeah. Look, I thought you had netting behind your net, like your goals. I, I really thought there was something to protect that, but apparently not. I don't remember. Maybe it was there and they took it down. I, I don't know. So yeah, I know what you mean. Like it's it's just it's tough watching. Kind of you, you want you want your striker position to score, but you're also getting substandard service. So it's yeah, it's just an issue up front. I mean, we also have an issue down back, but like we're that's becoming less of an issue now. Like, I so I I posted this on Twitter because Doomsday Jeremy. Good friend of the show. Haven't had him on in a while, but Doomsday Jeremy of the My Franchise Fantasy Football Podcast, he he texted me and he's like, why do we suck? <laughs> and, you know, I, I start to t- type back and trying to be really just profound and like, oh, we don't suck. And what I ultimately came came down on is something that I was like, oh, this is actually this is one of the better string of words that's ever come out of me. And that, <laughs> so I decided to just put it on Twitter is that last year we lose in the semifinal of the MLS is back and we're very hyped going back into the regular season. And we immediately drop our first three games and everyone, right? Everyone is in a hizzy about it. I, I remember even talking to Grant, right? Like Grant, who is so pragmatic, right? I guess I was listening to his his podcast, or actually it wasn't his podcast. It was uh, 10K Pitches. He was on 10K Pitches doing the post loons thing. And I guess he apparently got accused of being too pragmatic. Um, <laughs> what, Grant? No. No, he is pragmatic. I know. But Sarcasm, I, Sam. Sarcasm. I, okay, whatever. Anyway, the point is, even even he, I remember last year after those three losses, even he was talking about Adrian Heath. And we all know what happened after that, right? We, we all know that after that, things picked up, right? Our, our team is a team of professionals. They, they got things going. Of course, the arrival of Emmanuel Reynoso helped with that. And the rest is history. Of course, we we wish we would have won that Western Conference final and went on to the MLS Cup and won it. But we had a very memorable 2020 season after such a low of losing our first three games following our semifinal loss in the MLS's back tournament. So these are just our our first three losses, (laughs) our giant buzz kill after the Western Conference final. And... I'm not ready to be too upset knowing that we've been here before. 
What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very valid point. You know, I don't think we were uh, kind of having it as bad as we as we. I mean, yeah, last year sucked as well. Like we lost three games. We lost to uh, Sporting Kansas City, Dallas, and Houston, and then we put four past Real Salt Lake in the fourth game. So yeah, like, that was and sweet. Then, and then, oh my God! Suddenly, we're actually good again. Like we 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 win two games, and then we have two losses and two draws after that. But we weren't worried, right? <laughs> like we 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 thought we were doing okay, and suddenly we've gone to three losses, and now we're like, oh my God, we suck! We're just we're just the worst team in the league. We're losing to like Austin. Yeah, we got Colorado, Vancouver, Dallas, like very winnable games. And we've got to play Real Salt Lake again, and then Dallas again, and then Austin again. Oh, it's going to be one of those years, isn't it? No, the schedule's more balanced than it was last year. Okay. But, uh, I mean, hey, we get to play Austin like three times this year, so <laughs> there'll be uh, chances for revenge, don't worry. But I'm not, I'm not worried. So you haven't lowered your expectations at all? No, like you said, like, it's a long season. And that's the beauty of playoffs. It's like, yeah, if you have a bad start to the season, you can still make it. Sure. Like you also said last time, the, the supporter shield. Yeah, it's going to be a little tougher. But I'll give the Americans credit for one thing. Like playoffs means you're never truly out of it. Like yeah, <laughs> Premier League's like you lose your first three games and well, <laughs> you're never winning the Premier League, right? So that was it. Not that they're winning the Premier League, but didn't Manchester United start off very poorly in the oh, yeah. EPL this year? This is, yeah, so this is what I was listening to about last week's podcast for those that haven't listened to it, which you should. Justin was saying, uh, yeah, they started 15th after three games with zero points. Yeah. And now they're like very comfortably in second. So, yeah. Everyone was like, Ole out, Ole out, Ole out. And, of course, Chelsea fans, I, I remember going into that after after the Minnesota United season when we did that back to EPL special, <laughs> right? Like when I scheduled the Chelsea episode, I thought we were going to be insufferable. I thought we were just going to be going on and on and on about how Frank Lampard is God, right? Like, <laughs> How did that work out again? <laughs> he got fired. And Ole's still in, right? Like everyone was Ole out, and now they're very comfortably in second place. They're looking good. Just yep, coasting to the up. finish. Yeah. Game in hand. Yep. I mean, that of course they're a game in hand because, you know, fans stormed the pitch and set flares and Ooh. broke it and wouldn't let the referee out of his car. Ooh, okay. Here, that this True isn't story. in the notes, but maybe maybe we pick up on that in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that. Here, let, let's just close things off. We we alluded to this earlier. What do you think of the substitutions, right? So Reynoso went off for Justin McMaster. Uh, Abila was subbed off for Foster Langsdorf. Oh, I was so hype on Twitter. Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Wea comes on for Finlay, and then Ozzy comes off for Jan Gregish. What do you think? I thought it was, I thought they were good substitutions. Also, I learned that Patrick Weyer is not Timothy Weyer's cousin. Yeah, I don't... But yeah, I um, I thought it was great. I thought, to be honest, like I think Ray should have come off sooner. He just... He didn't look good. Even in the first half, like he just... He looked uncomfortable and... 
it just I don't know is it calf is it quad hamstring something like that it just I think it was I think he had tape on his calf as well uh, I saw on the broadcast like his, yeah I I really think he should have gone off a half time if not even before then now I I really want to talk about Foster Langsdorf actually you're usually the one that wants to talk about him so we we reference our Minnesota United local beat reporters quite frequently and one that I particularly enjoy is Callum Williams who actually works for Minnesota United right he's our uh play-by-play announcer on yeah. Fox Sports North or whatever we're called now and he does the Sound of the Loons podcast and he's always very honest um he's always very in the know but he is always very honest and I remember him saying when we signed Ramona Bila that yeah good good player but he was a little bit surprised by the signing because he doesn't think of Ramon Abila as being the type of striker that fits the Minnesota United system and what you see this year from Minnesota United at least in the first three games is a lot of pressing Ramon Abila not known for the press and th- that was apparent right that that was very apparent well, Foster Langsdorf comes on and Foster Langsdorf incredibly more mobile than Ramona Bila. <laughs> yeah. And of course he's playing with something to prove. He is full energy. Like I was talking about earlier, he's all over the field, but I, I gotta say I was, I was impressed by Foster Langsdorf. I know on our podcast and just kind of in Minnesota United fandom, there've been a lot of Foster Langsdorf jokes. And I've said this before. I think it's because he at one point was the only striker on our roster and no one knew anything about him. I don't think it had anything to do with any of us seeing anything from him and not thinking he was a good player. I think it entirely had to do with just being like, who is this guy and why is he our only striker? But I was impressed by Foster Langsdorf and what he was doing while he was on the field. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think it was ever about his ability. It was just depth chart. Like we're, we're, you know, a few minutes away from an MLS Cup final and we have Foster Langsdorf as the only striker. So, I mean, yeah, he looked good though. Like, and him and, uh, him and Patrick Way had like a good... Oh yeah, good team up as well. I couldn't believe Patrick Way is seventeen. That, <laughs> that was, blew my mind. That was what my wife said too. I was like, "Yeah, he's 17. He he just he looks he looks older than that. <laughs> like the guy's a unit. Yeah, you, he you were saying that, that with his header as well. You were saying that in our group chat, and I just sent you a picture of what I looked like when I was seventeen, and <laughs> <laughs> I looked uh, like a seventeen-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Also, <laughs> speaking speaking of like, I just want to give a shout. Boxy just absolutely murdered that man, whoever that was when he tackled. Yeah, in the first half, just like destroyed that man's whole career and his legs. His whole career is he hurt? I don't think so. But how do you recover from just getting absolutely bodied by Boxy? <laughs> but I think like to to wrap it up, like one of the things that you know, we talk about with the one percenters and that is that if you look at it, I did some research. I dug deep. 
so far in three games, we've had 53 shots, which is a lot. Like 53 is a decent chunk. Out of that 53, we have had only nine of them be on goal. And of those nine, obviously, we've only scored one. Um, so our like 17% shots on goal and like 2% goal scoring from shots is the worst in the MLS. Like by a quiet way. Like we're not even close. We just like, like 53 shots is great, but I'd rather have like 35 shots and then have like 20 of them on target. Nowhere to go but up. Yep. <laughs> Basically, so statistically, it is statistically improbable that we stay this bad. Yeah, <laughs> better be. But yeah, that's uh, I think it's I think quality over quantity. But I mean, eventually you're going to start putting them on goal if you're hitting that many shots. All right. Well, coming up our next game, Saturday, May 8th, 9 p.m. at Colorado. What are you thinking, man? How's it going to go? I am thinking that I'm going to check the standings before I make any comments here. Oh, okay, Colorado have won like one game and drawn, lost one. Uh, yeah, I mean, they have scored the second least amount of goals behind us. Well, they're off they're to a slow start too, but... Yeah. I mean, I, th- I, re- I we should win this game. At least a draw. Well, my thing with Colorado is too yeah, often... Of course. <laughs> I said it on this podcast and I will admit that I think it was I think this was magnified by the MLS's back tournament kind of having another another competition where we're all getting psyched and previewing the teams and talking about things and it's just too often have I heard Colorado's name come up as a dark horse or like ooh they could be sneaky good this year they just haven't been I've I've heard I've heard people get excited about Colorado for a while. Uh, they're they have never been as good as people say they're going to be. Now, granted, this has probably been two years that feel like three years uh, in which I am talking about this. But people are saying that Colorado has been underperforming and that Colorado really needs a win. Obviously, Minnesota United has been underperforming and really needs a win. <laughs> I think it's going to be an ugly 1-1 draw in the altitude. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I I would go nil-all or one-all. I mean, they also lost to Austin. So, we're in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would love for us to win, but I think think a one-all or a nil-all draw is a reasonable expectation. I mean, last year, we had two wins and a draw against them, so... It's looking good. All right. Well, I don't know. I guess relatively quick review of all things Minnesota United. James, do we want to talk really quick about Old Tratford? I so I was following this at the time and kind of texting you guys updates that I was finding on Twitter just because I find that just so crazy that the fans, first of all, that they got into Old Tratford. Uh, I, I sent you the meme that yeah. it must have been Arsenal's defense headed by David <laughs> Louise uh, guarding the perimeter. But 
I guess they got in through the gift shop or or like the pro shop. Yeah, I think so. Which I wow. Which I laughed because when I go to Allianz Field to go to the black and blue store, and you you can look right into the stadium, and I'm I'm always thinking like, ooh, I could break into the stadium. <laughs> so yeah. apparently, Old Stratford uh, is must be similar in that regard. Yeah, so uh, about 100 people broke into the ground. Staff had to lock themselves in their rooms for safety. Um, And there were flares and, like, people were jumping up and down on the goalposts. The referee arrived and promptly was not allowed to get out of his car. Like, protesters, like, barricade this car. Uh, The team hotel was like rioted outside of with like flares and like people not letting anyone leave a lot of anti glazier glazier yeah. ban banners and it was uh ridiculous like fireworks set off and yeah flares were lobbed absolutely nuts so they invaders also got into the players tunnel so the aftermath of course is that everything now has to have like a super deep COVID clean okay. because people have just been everywhere. So this is like something else. Uh, and yeah, neither team left the hotel. Everything went into lockdown. Game was postponed. And another group breached the stadium. And then like another group breached the stadium. And it was just ridiculous. Now, do we think this will just stick with Old Trafford? Or do you think it's coming to Arsenal next? Or... I don't think so. It's like, like if you think about it, like Man United fans hate the Glaziers like much more than kind of every other fan base does. Like that, like hates their owners. I mean, you guys at Arsenal seem to really hate your owners. Yeah, like we don't like staying cronky, but it's like we're not that level. Okay. Like Man United is like a special. That's a special level. Because from the American perspective, you know, being kind of outsiders, I did not realize that there was a difference in dislike. I I knew that Manchester United fans did not like the Glazers. I knew that Arsenal fans did not like Stan Kroenke. But I did not know that Manchester United, uh, their their hatred was at a higher level. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, thousands of Arsenal fans were outside the Emirates protesting Stan Kroenke. Right. Like, there's, there's like, but we're not about to like break into our own stadium and like f- let flares and fireworks off everywhere. I, th- sure. I, I, th- I think. And one interesting thing I find about both Manchester United and Arsenal is that both clubs have, or I should say the fan bases of both, both clubs have founded new clubs using the team's colors to try to, right, FC United of Manchester, basically basically a club that plays in one of England's lower leagues. Really kind of cool story of just old Manchester United fans that said, I don't like where Manchester United is headed uh, under the ownership of the Glazers, and I want something that's, I want to form a football that is more pure to me. So they go and start their own club. Uh, I know less about Dial Square FC for Arsenal, but 
it seems like it's a similar thing where you have where you have the fan bases go and start their own clubs so that they could keep more or less uh, enjoying football the way they feel it was meant to be prior to all the money. Yeah, I mean, Dial Square FC plays like where I'm from, like the league that I like. They play in the league of the place where I'm from <laughs> in the UK. Oh, yeah, Guildford. Yeah, but like they're only a year old, whereas like FC United and Manchester is like a good 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Yeah, I had a FIFA career with them. Oh, yeah? Yep. Huh. It's just, dis- I mean, yeah, if you if you're so disillusioned with your owner, that you make a breakaway club, then, you know, that's probably a problem. Yeah. Cause you know, Chelsea don't ever make one about Roman Abramovich. That, and, and that's, I have a lot of people that don't follow soccer that were asking me about the super league and asking me about these protests that they saw outside the stadium. And, you know, they're catching on about, right. The Manchester United protests, right. That was big news, even in the United States. And they were asking me about Chelsea. And I was like, you know, Chelsea fans actually really like Roman Abramovich because yeah. he's just he's just a giant fan. He, you know, you can say that he ruined football or whatever. You can say that he my, money in sports gets ugly and he has a lot of money. And you can say that that is ugly. But when he is your guy. You, you love him because he's just Chelsea's biggest fan and he has a lot of money and he just puts a lot of money into his team. Um, he doesn't care about making any of it back. Or if he does, he's he doesn't care that much. Um, Got the wrong way about it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the only time it ever appears that he cares about money is if he's worried about breaking like financial fair play or something like that. That's when you see him or his people making smart financial decisions. Otherwise he just throws money around because he wants to see his team win. He wants his team to be the best and not just on the men's side, but on on the women's side, the women's team just knocked off Bayern Munich and they're headed to the champions league final. They actually are still alive for the quadruple right now. They could win the league, both domestic cups and the champions league. They're still in the running for that. So yeah, Roman Abramovich just loves just loves him some football and loves Chelsea. So I think, I think that that's the big difference um, in, in how this goes is I don't think Manchester United fans respect the Glazers as being legit Manchester United. And I don't think Arsenal fans respect Stan Kroenke as being legit Arsenal. No, no, they, uh, they don't. And that bombshell, you're right, James. I don't have anything else today. Not really worth talking about this losing streak that much longer. So, guys, better days are ahead. Pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. Peace out. Peace.